Welcome to another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Our mission is to bring you discussions on a wide array of topics in the coaching world to grow players on and off the court. You can connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, and also reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Now, here's your host, Coach Mike Hernandez. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you guys so much for joining us wherever in the world you're listening to us from, whatever platform you're listening to us on. As I say every episode, thank you so much for the continued support, the continued positive messages, and just overall sharing this podcast with others as we continue to grow, continue to reach new audiences. Sincerely appreciate it and looking forward to getting into this episode with you. And this episode is going to take a, a little bit of a different approach because it's not necessarily focused on one specific topic or one specific thing that, that, that we're nailing down in particular, but it's going to be more broad and, and more in general about general lessons that, that, that my guest has learned and, and things that uh, my guest has seen and experienced and worked with uh, in, in his time in, in a lot of different uh, fields and, and professions within the basketball world. And, and our topic in particular is going to be about lessons that my guests learned from great teams, from great coaches, and just general great coaching tips uh, that he's picked up along the way on his journey. Uh, there's, there's a lot of things that my guest has on his uh, resume, including being an author, a consultant, a motivational speaker, and of course, uh, a basketball coach. So a lot of different things that we can get into and a lot of different things that we can talk about. And I know I'm going to learn from this. I know you as a listener are going to learn from this and, and just become that much better as coaches uh, afterwards. So my guest today to talk about these lessons that he has learned from great teams as I said, author, consultant, motivational speaker, and of course, basketball coach. Very happy to be joined by Coach Dan Horwitz. Coach, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to join us. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Mike. And uh, I appreciate the uh, the praise, uh, but I'm just excited to, to have a great conversation with you. As, as am I. Really looking forward to, to seeing uh, some of the things you've seen, listen about some of the experiences you've had and, and some of the lessons you've learned along the way. Now, now, usually uh, I ask him this question about uh, the basketball journey and, and where's, where that's taken you, but with all the different avenues that you've taken on, there, there's so many different journeys that, that you've kind of taken on and steps you've, you've been on along the way. So I'm going to kind of almost open this up to, to interpretation, this question about basically your, I guess your basketball journey, but I guess maybe even greater than that, your, your journey overall and all the different steps uh, that, that you've taken along the way to, to get where you're at right now. Yeah, uh, so I don't uh, like to talk about myself too much, so mm -hmm. I'll just give the listeners, you know, just a few, I guess, uh, main main points. But um, I grew up uh, just loving basketball, you know, like probably majority of everybody listening, and uh, and loved playing in re at recess in elementary school and playing with my twin brother and older brother, and just had a lot of fun with it, and had some really good coaches growing up. Uh, that just cared about me as a person, and that really inspired me to want to be a coach one day. So when I was in high school, um, I, uh, I played for the, the high school team, but I was able to help out with the, the 10 to 12-year-old uh, level that I played for and uh, still friends with that coach to this day. And that just shows the impact that one person can really have on your life through the game of basketball um, or any sport. And, uh, and went on to play Division three basketball at Newberry College in Boston. And uh, we went 13 and 87. 
so lost a lot of games. So um, I know what not to do. And then I spent a lot of time studying the best teams in the country. And um, for a few years, I called the, the winner of the Division Three National Championship coach just to talk for 20 to 30 minutes about, you know, what kind of happened with their season and, and how they were so successful. And um, that's kind of where I it kind of got my my uh, niche, I guess you could call it, of just calling and uh, either talking on the phone or going to a practice or, or a game to learn from these incredible people and um, just hopefully can share some of those things that I've learned with your audience and and help their teams, you know, just improve maybe by 1%, then uh, this, this podcast episode would be worth it for me. Absolutely. I, and I agree, you know, and I, anything that I think helps coaches just get a little bit better, give them something to think about. I, I know we, we all as coaches definitely value that. And I know one of the experiences that, that you've had is work being a, a team building consultant. And, and that's something that, that I was curious about and wanted you just to ex expand on a little bit about what type of work do you do as like a team building consultant? consultant what what sort of work is involved in kind of building that camaraderie in a general sense that maybe could just be applied to any facet of work yeah the camaraderie is a great word that you just used and um i think that's just you know like if you summed it up it's kind of like family like you just get to know the people that are around you and whether it's a sports team or a work team or your or family uh you're not always going to get along with everybody but i think if you lead with with love and lead with a place of, of, of empathy um, and care for one another and respect, uh, you can accomplish some really good things together. And, you know, if, if a team reached out to me, um, you know, I'll use a basketball example, but there was a team that was pretty disconnected that I worked with um, and they, they had a really big roster. So it's understandable that it would be hard to have all those guys buy in. Um, so we picked a few things after watching some film that they could do on the court that would bring them more together. And um, they really emphasize that. And I, I think that's what it comes down to is the leader, whoever it is, um, emphasizing those things that they really believe in um, and prioritizing those things over maybe running a baseline out of bounds play. Um, maybe it's more important to, you know, take 10 minutes to talk as a team or have them pair up with somebody they don't know well and, uh, and get to know them and, and just doing little things like that to, um, to kind of build that trust among each other and, uh, and just continue to chase whatever the vision of that team or that that job is um, to be the best it can be. So um, it, it really varies depending on the need of that specific group. But uh, it's been fun to, to do some of that stuff. And I've, I've always gotten the sense, at least in my experiences, coaching is that that idea of like t team building and building that trust, like you said, is, is, is something that has to be a continual process. It can't just be something that's like done at the beginning and then kind of just assume that it's it's worked out, that it's like, something that needs to be continually emphasized, continually, continually worked on and uh, just built upon. Otherwise, some, some things might get frayed and, and things could fall apart a little bit. I, I don't know if that's an experience that, that, that you've had as well or, or something maybe that you believe in as well. Yeah, well, uh, I think with my current team, I'm a JV boys coach and a middle school boys coach, uh, the assistant for the middle school team. And you're, when your better players are your best leaders, you know, you're in a really good position. And, um, and, and I think every day you're tested as a coach as to what behaviors you're allowing um, and which ones you're going to be really strict about. And I'm, you know, still learning uh, every day on how to, 
to best handle that. I try to do it one-on-one. I'll try to do it in front of the team. Um, I don't like to punish with running or anything like that, but I definitely um, have learned that that sometimes will work. And I, clearly it's, it doesn't always get sustained, like you mentioned, like you have to keep working at it. Um, but I just try to find creative ways of these behaviors that you're going to um, allow in your environment and that help promote a very like safe, uh, safe environment where everybody feels valued, where they have a voice um, and they feel like empowered to, to be the best version of themselves. Uh, but I do, I do have a question for you, Mike, yeah. uh, in regard to like team building, is there a favorite exercise that you've done either um, with uh, your basketball team or just, uh, you know, maybe outside of sports as well? I know that at least with my basketball team, something that they've always really enjoyed doing is, uh, so, so where I work at, it's, it's an open campus where there's multiple buildings within the campus itself. So it's not necessarily confined to one high school building and something that they've loved doing and we've done it like every year is they go on a a scavenger hunt throughout the campus and they have to go identify certain things and they go with a partner and then they are running around the building trying to find like different build or different little artifacts or different things Mm -hmm. that are around campus then they take like pictures of, of them and their partner next to those things it's called like a selfie scavenger hunt they they (laughs) love doing they love doing that sort of thing um so they like that. There, there's activities that I've done, uh, even of partners or for groups that um, I, I think are pretty interesting and they do translate to basketball where uh, they do like a partner uh, drawing activity where what it's one partner has to describe a picture that's up on like a projector and then the partner can only draw based on what's being described to them. And so Mm. it's an interesting little like teamwork and camaraderie builder and things of that nature. So those are kind of more on like the simple, more fun levels. And I think as, as, as I've had teams that have gotten closer to each other, you know, I I even find in terms of team building, sometimes the, the good old fashioned uh, type of like show and tell, or just bring something, you know, that, that has, you know, importance or significance to you and, and why, and, have that conversation and be able to share that like vulnerability with their teammates. Uh, once that initial trust has been built, I, I found that to be really powerful as well. So those are a few things I got off the top of my head. I'm sure wow. when we're done talking, I can think of more, but <laughs> there's yeah. a few at least. Those are three really, really good ones. And I'll have to, um, you know, when I re-listen to this, write those down and I haven't done um, any of those ones yet. Uh, I've heard of a few of them. But uh, that's why, you know, I'm happy to do things like this so I can share it with my team. So thanks for, for sharing those. I'm happy to help. Happy to help. I think that it's always interesting to put your players in a position where they have to uh, work together or uh, complete a task that's maybe like abstract to them something that isn't necessarily school related or basketball related, but you know, something, whether it's just like a scavenger hunt or just some sort of like the old, uh, how how big of a tower can you make out of like toothpicks and marshmallows (laughs) sort of thing, something that kind of stretches them a little bit where, where it it, maybe the answer isn't necessarily concrete. You know, you never, you never know what sort of uh, creativity (laughs) or imagination you might get out of your players when you kind of push them in that way. Yeah. And it's fun and they laugh and, it's just a great way for them to see each other and you as a coach outside of the, the lines of the basketball court. So yeah, that's, and uh, yeah, it's fun. Especially if, and, and I'm sure you could speak to this too, especially doing something like that. I think if your team is maybe going through a bit of a, a, a stretch or a lull or that, that burnout is starting to creep in, I think any of those sort of things that 
take away maybe from basketball and just work on something else kind of kind of might be what your team needs to be to do sort of to just like reset and kind of get back on track and take that little break away from basketball and going off of that I think right now is such a unique time where kids you know need that that laughter and that the, you know they always do but especially now when when there's with COVID going on and mm-hmm. you and I were mentioning how your game got canceled for this week or for tomorrow and mine for Wednesday. And we just found out today, like, that I guess coaches, that, that hurts us. But think about these kids that they just want to mm-hmm. play some basketball. And um, so I think trying to lead with that in mind um, is really important. So things like this that you just mentioned, they're great alternatives. Like, hey, we don't have a game, but we're going to take a bunch of marshmallows and see who can, who can stack them the highest, you know, just, just turn a negative into a positive. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I know a hundred percent with you, you know, and it's, it's all about kind of the outlook that, that you kind of take to those sort of things will definitely have a big impact. Like you said, kind of turning that negative to a positive for sure. Um, so one of the unique experiences that, that I know you've had is that, you know, you, you, you've talked to um, different coaches, you, you, you've, I'm sure, sure read a lot, had a lot of interactions of people, a lot of interactions of teams. And so as, as we kind of transition to the topic about the lessons that you've personally learned uh, from great teams or from the great coaches you've worked with, kind of wanted to start in the, the, the general sense about what you've kind of picked up on as kind of like trends or things that you've noticed that both, you know, great teams and great coaches kind of have in common with one another. Yeah, so I'm... I'll preface it by saying I'm very, very fortunate to have had some incredible coaches welcome me into their practices uh, mm-hmm. and games. And uh, like you said, I've read books, you know, because I think it's a great way to, to gain knowledge. Um, and, and yeah, so losing a lot in college uh, really just in, inspired me um, because we were playing teams that were really good. And I was just, just I guess, very uh, interested in how they were able to to play so well together and um, and the guys on the bench uh, or girls on the bench, like how they were just so involved in the game despite not playing. And, um, you know, and so I picked up some some principles that I call them. Um, and I have 14 that I believe build a championship culture. Um, there's a lot more, you know, that goes into that. But uh, as a foundation, I think some of these things will help the, the listeners um, give them new perspective or just validate things they're already doing. Um, so the first one, I live in Connecticut, and I went to a UConn women's practice. And the thing that uh, stood out to me the most out of like the two and a half hour practice was the first 15 minutes when they did their dynamic warm up. And they were just in complete unison um, from sideline to sideline in their stretching. Um, like it looked like a choreographed dance routine and it was so cool. And they somebody echoed the call, like if it was high knees and everybody would yell high knees and they would go from one sideline to the other. Um, and it was just like so, so well orchestrated that like the fact that they were so intentional with just their warmups, um, you know, was amazing. And then when I really thought more about it, um, you know, there was a few things that really stood out. And one, it's like for when practice starts, like practice starts um, and like UConn woman, like one of the best teams in the country. You know, this is how we the way we warm up is is no different than the way we, we play um, in, in our games and. Um, just the way we, we go about our business. So I was really impressed with that. Um, but it also eliminates side conversations. Like at the high school level, um, you know, these kids see each other a lot throughout the day, but, sure. um, and so they have time to, ha- to you know, at lunch and stuff like that to talk. So when they get to practice at making sure that they're all 
um, locked in and um, whether it's dynamic warm up or just counting together, that's a great way to make sure everybody's on the same page and, and displaying unity um, from the start. And so, um, you know, that was that's one that I really emphasize. And I actually printed out a card um, for my team and it says like knee hugs and they all yell knee hugs. So it, it basically bolds, it basically in, in bold, it, it, in quotes, it tells them exactly what to say. Um, and then today in practice, I was like, who's never led the warm up? Because the same kids usually want to do it. And yeah. uh, they're called the leader of the day. So there's two kids that, you know, kind of shyly raise their hand. So <laughs> I put them next to each other so they could help each other out. And I was like, you guys just alternate. And uh, they did a really good job. And I just thought that was a great way to give them a, a leadership opportunity and two kids that don't really play a lot. Um, and they did, did a good job and we clapped for them after. And, uh, and I think that's a great way to kind of build that, that culture directly from the beginning. And um, the last thing I'll say is one kid for my team in our last game was like, hey, coach, like, I th think this is really good, this unity warm up, because when I looked at the other team, they're just kind of nonchalantly shooting layups. Um, so the fact that they're kind of noticing it, um, you know, that means so much more coming from them than, than me talking about UConn women and, uh, you know, and sharing that with them. It's great to like have them empowering each other and talking about it. And I think that as coaches, one of the things that we always are, are, are stressed about is that we never have enough time for, for anything and that we, you know, we're trying to maximize every single second and every single minute that we can. And, and I think that, it, you know, if that's truly something that we're trying to do, then we really have to be intentional about, you know, like everything, even if it is the, exactly the way that we do warmups or the way that, that, that we even talk during warmups or don't talk during warmups. I think that all of those things that are, if they're intentionally planned out and have a purpose behind them and the players are bought into it, then you just sort of maximize your practice time a little bit more. And, and, and I think that I get the sense that, that the players one, get more out of it, and two, and, and you could talk about, you know, especially the experience, you know, that the UConn women that, that you that you mentioned about that, they're, they're like dialed in from the beginning because they, they start out so dialed in, right? Exactly, exactly. And, and, and that's something that I, I think, I know at, from time to time that I, I'm sure I've struggled with before where that like transition from warming up to like getting to do what we need to do is like there's like almost that like disconnect where it's like we're still like not ready to go or still like not completely like serious or focused on what we're trying to do it's like well maybe it's because we we didn't have the level of attention to detail that we needed uh, at, at the very beginning and if we had fixed that or, or we correct that then we don't necessarily have to try and like restart right after warm-ups and get serious again sort of thing Hmm. Yeah, and it's so funny because like you see UConn woman, you're like, oh, I can show my team how to do this, do this, and every day, like it's a constant battle of like, yeah. gosh, what do we do when somebody yells the warm up? We're supposed to echo it, coach, you know. And like sometimes they're great, and then sometimes like it's just you know. But I, I just keep I keep doing it, keep saying it, and then once the, we've only played four games in this short season, um, so and I really I, you know the best thing about basketball is like you can look down the other end of the court. Um, and see, compare yourself to the other team um, mm -hmm. and th th with these behavior things, not making baskets, but like, hey, we're like really locked in in our warmups right now and the other team is fooling around and that team still might beat us by, you know, however many points, but like 
we know like what we know what to do we know what's expected of us um and we're we're trying to display like how much of a team we are um and, and they're starting to notice that um would you mind if i shared a few more of the principles let's do it um yeah so um like i said none of these are my thoughts um just watched other teams and took a lot of notes and uh number the principle number two is touches so um in layup lines, I think that's a great way, you know, this is kind of like the progression. I try to, the principles are like you warm up and then say you went into layup lines with it, uh, before a game. Um, and so my team, I have 17, currently have 17 kids on my JV team. Um, we do not cut anybody. So uh, everybody who tries out is on the team. Um, and then the other players is about 12 on varsity. And so uh, it's hard. It's really hard to build a, a culture with 17 uh, kids. And we split the team into two. Um, they all practice together. But I have a practice. I practice every day from three to four o'clock. So I have one hour, and my dynamic warm-up uh, usually takes. In my little talk before, will take about ten minutes. And then I have fifty minutes to work with. Um, so, like you said, being very intentional is important. Um, and so, uh, touches. I think just giving somebody a high five when you run by them is so important. And um, I know as a player, like I really tried to emphasize that. And um, and so in layup lines, they weren't giving each other high fives when they ran by each other. And I said, guys, coach, the, my assistant coach is awesome, um, loves the culture stuff. So we're just bought into to that. He stood on one side, I stood on the other. We didn't watch the hoop at all. And if somebody missed a high five, I said, we're going to, you know, run a, you know, 17 on the sideline or whatever it was. And, uh, you know, every kid gave a high five, but they didn't, <laughs> they didn't want to run. And, and that's not like how I want to coach, but I had to be creative. And, you know, I guess they really didn't want to run. So we started to build that habit. Um, and they do, they do a good job with it now. Um, but, you know, I had to, you know, I had to do that. Um, and some coaches will say, you know, don't use running as a punishment. Um, and I've always thought that I never would do that. Um, but, you know, for that scenario, you know, it worked. Um, and then like today, a big thing we do that I, a friend of mine shared um, when they when we call for a water break or a break of any anything, because um, they don't always all get water if they're in, in good shape. Um, I'll say give five teammates a high five and they all run around and give five teammates a high five. <laughs> and uh, and so you're like you're forcing the, the touches. And there was an NBA study saying the teams that touch more win more. So, um, you know, I share that, that with them and I share uh, Tufts University, the, one of the best Division three women's teams in the country. Uh, they, I, a buddy of mine, his sister was on the team and they like always high five, fist bump, pat on the back. So all those little things are technically touches and, um, and just build that connection among teammates. Um, so that, that's one that we've really emphasized. And I was curious for you, um, if you guys, if you've emphasized touches or anything cool that, you, that you've seen over the years. Oh, well, I'm a big proponent of anything on a, on, whether it's on a drill or especially in a game. There, there's a couple things that we like, we really emphasize. Number one, anytime you, you receive a good pass or you receive, uh, you know, something positive, good screen, good pass, something, you, you have to acknowledge it. Mm. Now, everything should be communicated in, in one form or the other, whether it's a good outlet pass, a good, a, a good rebound. If there was something that you were able to do because of what somebody else did for you, that has to be acknowledged. Now, I will say with the caveat of that, sometimes players don't know when someone, a player did something well, so they might not mm. acknowledge their teammate because they, they, they weren't aware of what a teammate did, which is okay. You know, we can talk and explain that and explain what their teammate did you know, like on a pin down screen or something that later helped them, you know, score, put them in a position to be successful. 
Um, but that that's a big one that that we definitely emphasize. I really like the idea uh, of of touches. I, I just don't know if I've I've been consistent about it, but I definitely know that there is science behind it. I've definitely heard of like the you know the idea of of, of touches and going on and. Um, I, I think that that's something I definitely would like to get back to. And, and the other thing that I've really started to emphasize, and it's funny you talked about running, uh, but one of the things I've really started to, to emphasize with, with my team is pretty much anytime you're on the court itself, um, you don't, you don't walk for, hmm. from anything, whether you're going from like the second year, you, you touch the court, you're, 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 jo you're at least jogging. And you're at least you're at least running or jogging from one spot to the other, and and I think the teammates like to encourage that. They they'll, they'll call each other out on it, and it's it's just like a little trick. I think I don't know if trick is the right word, but it sort of puts it in the player's mind that oh, if I'm on this basketball court, I shouldn't be walking anywhere. Like this, yeah. the, whether I'm getting off the court because I'm getting subbed out, or whether obviously if I'm playing and I'm in transition or you know pressing or getting pressed or whatever the case may be, I think it just. I don't know if it's subconsciously just plants that seed of just like more hustle being there and, and, and players, they, they, they encourage each other and kind of make sure that everybody's hustling the way that they need to be transitioning from one thing or the other. I think the other thing I like about that too, and again, I'm, I'm getting better at, at, at really being about that. I, 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 I kind of wasn't when I first started coaching, but I think the other thing, if, if you emphasize that, and that's something that really matters to you is that you'll just save practice time. <laughs> you'll, yes. you'll maximize your practice time <laughs> if it's been instilled that no matter what we're doing, if you're on the court, you're at least jogging or uh, you know, running from one spot to the other. Even if you know I'm they're on the baseline, I need somebody to come out to half court to do something for me. Like at the very least, hopefully remember, got a jog to get there. Um, <laughs> those are just a few things that came off, off the top of my mind. But but I I am curious. Um because I know this exists, but I just don't know it off the top of my head. What what the this, is, is there like a science behind touches? Is that what it is? Like the connection that gets formed when you actually like high five or touch someone that like some sort of bond or some synapse there, like fires in the brain that like creates camaraderie. I, I don't know. I know there has to be something behind it. I'm sure I've read it. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's not my, uh, my background. <laughs> the brain science, science behind it. I know there is science for the brain side. There is, there is something behind it. Um, but I think, you know, if you, you know, put us, us, our two brains together, I think it's just like, it shows that you have somebody's back and like, you're, you're willing to, to encourage them when they're doing well or pick them up if they, they didn't do something well. Um, and, and it's more fun. Like, I think you don't feel like you're alone when, when you're doing, doing something or when you do something well that somebody like points to you, like you said, like good pass, Mike, like that makes you want to go, you know, drive and pass it back to me again, because like, you know, that I appreciate it. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know what the science is, but uh, they've written about it and, and it's true when they watch the Golden State Warriors giving all these high fives and they're winning, um, you know, I think they're they're onto something. So uh, that is true. Yeah. That is true. If, if it's good enough for them to give touches to one another, then who's, who? you know, <laughs> there has to be something to it. No, I, I, I like that. Um, or were there any other things in, in particular that, that you had stood out? I know, I know you had a so you had a list there. I didn't know if you touched all of them. I want to make sure I gave you the opportunity if you hadn't. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Yeah, I got I got four. Two. I think I've shared two, but I'm not going to share all of them. Uh, but uh, when people ask me, like, which ones are the most important? And I'm like, I think they're all important, but if I <laughs> had to had to narrow them down. Um, and these are two that these are the biggest two that I've emphasized this season. 
And um, this is my first year coaching this JV team because prior I had been an assistant division three coach for three years. Um, and so from watching teams that we played, uh, the teams that help each other up. So the, the name of my book is Help Them Up. And it's 14 principles to educate, energize, and empower your team to build a championship culture. And though, uh, you know, and, and helping each other up is um, my twin brother, Ben. He uh, was always the best at this when we would play together. If, if I fell or anybody on our team fell over, he'd be the first one to run over and help them up uh, and pat them on the back. So, mm. um, and I just think that alone because that happens a lot in basketball and obviously if the game's still going on uh some of my kids are like coach i wanted to help them up but i don't know what to do i was like no you run back on defense but um when the play stops you know that that's when you run over and help your teammates up and check on them and uh, i just feel like when you fall on the ground you're probably sacrificing your body for the team um and so it's important to, to run over to them and villanova in the final four a few years ago um brunson the point guard who's in the nba now got knocked over and within three seconds, all four teammates sprinted over and helped him up. And Jay Wright, the coach, uh, started taking a few steps over to help him up. And he saw his team running in and he just took a step away and he, he knew that, you know, they were going to help him up. And uh, me and my, my, my twin brother, my older brother, we both were like, go like, run that back so we can record it. And, and it went viral and, and kind of went all over the place <laughs> in the sports world. And I'm sure you probably remember seeing that. Um, and so we really emphasize help them up. And uh, honestly, Mike, we had a game the other day. And like I said, I'm, the kids are still kind of getting to know me and I'm getting to know them. And, um, and, and they helped. I, we were winning and I was like, guys, one of their players fell over a few minutes ago and not a single person on their team helped him up. Um, and so it happened again. And three of my guys, not even in the front, they all picked him up from the back and just scooped him right up. And I was so <laughs> proud of them. And um, I know we have footage of it on the iPad um, somewhere that hasn't been uploaded yet. But uh, like those are the moments that that I think are really special. So helping your teammates up and also helping up the other teams that shows what kind of kids you have and really good sportsmanship. Um, and the teams I've watched that that aren't great um, in terms of their culture, those are the ones that usually leave their their teammate on the ground. Um, and I think I even heard LeBron James, you know, within the past year or two, he was mic'd up and somebody fell over and he said, he said, don't ever get up. He said, we'll run over and help you up. Um, you know, so if <laughs> LeBron James, I know there's some people probably love him. Some people probably don't, but um, that, that's a really important one. And then uh, the other one is huddling up. So that can happen right after a foul. Our team did that the other day, and that was a first for us to really help somebody up. Two guys, one grabbed one hand, one grabbed the other, and they went right into this huddle. And um, we practice it every day. Like, I'll call a foul. That wasn't a foul. That was a block. I did it today. And they all look at me, coach, coach. I was like, huddle, huddle. And I have a hand signal where it might put my hands above my head to huddle up. And um, they've gotten really good at it. And I think that is probably the most important thing that a team can do with their culture, because after a foul against your team is when kids want to yell at a ref or yell at a teammate or yell something across the court to, to the, me as the coach or whatever it may be. And when your team is pulling each other, arms around each other, connect and communicate something positive, um, whether it's, hey, we got we to gotta make sure we don't get uh, a backdoor cut on us next time. Um, or, hey, you got to call out that screen. Like, just communicate something positive and then move on to the next play opposed to five players going in five different directions. That, I think, has been very instrumental in our team's success. And uh, a few of my players have, like, you know, shared, like, or somebody today said, uh, we have the huddle power. 
And I've never heard that phrase before. And this is one of those players that doesn't play a lot, but he's a great kid and he tries and they're kind of buying, um, buying into this culture. And, and we're, we won a few games. Um, so I think that that also helps, that helps. a little credibility. <laughs> um, we're three and one um, and they've all been close games, but these culture things really matter to me. My job is to prepare them for the varsity, for those that are going to be able to make it. And, and I promise, you know, those coaches that I'll, you know, be giving them good teammates and I'm going to keep challenging them. Um, you know, with their skill levels as well. Um, so helping them up and huddling up um, on offense and defense after any shooting foul would be the two things that I think teams should do. And you got to practice it every day um, because in a game, um, the biggest challenge we face is, is, is players focusing on their parents or the varsity team when they watch us. Um, or their friends, and they, you know, they get an and one, and the last thing they want to do is huddle up with their teammates. They want to put their arms over the head and show off their muscles, and um, you know, something <laughs> like that. So um, I, I'm yelling like a maniac for them to huddle up, and uh, and they've started to buy into it, and I'm really proud of proud of that. And that's uh, one of the the biggest things I've taken from some of these really good college teams. I think one of the cool things about about huddling, and I've I've definitely seen it done before, and I think one of the things that that is really effective about it is it almost serves as like a transition from whatever just yes. happened to whatever needs to happen next, whether it's good or bad, it kind of serves as that like, okay, this awesome thing happened. Great. And here's what we have to do next. Or, you know, this bad thing happened. All right, here's our huddle transition. This is the next thing that has to happen. It creates like a sense of um, moving on that that's like explicit. And like you said, it's explicitly taught and, I feel like that could be something really powerful rather than like you kind of mentioned, like five players who have to react and they react their own way to a certain event. And then mm. you're almost like maybe if your camaraderie isn't that great or whatever, hoping for the best on whatever the next mm. series of events is. Mm. Yeah. And, and uh, my twin brother, he coaches at Hobart, uh, William Smith uh, in Geneva, New York. And they, uh, they made it to the Sweet 16 uh, two years ago. And then the COVID uh, canceled the season and they huddle up every single time. And that's the team I use as my example in the book. Um, and it was just incredible because the teams they were playing weren't doing it. And at that level, um, you know, sweet 16 division three, like they're doing something right. And all the culture stuff was really good. Um, and their bench, like they had, you know, probably 10 or more guys on the bench uh, holding up the three point sign and all that <laughs> fun stuff. And, and honestly, uh, you know, with my team, I've struggled a little bit with that. I was wondering if there's anything that you've done, um, you know, to get the bench engaged. And I think, you know, sometimes the kids are just, you know, um, I guess coached uh, through their youth career to really be good teammates and some need to be taught it. Um, and so uh, I think I'm kind of balancing a little bit of both and wondering if you have any suggestions on, on the bench, um, you know, just in terms of being all in and being ready for your opportunity. But if, you know, you don't get to play, then how are you going to impact the game? Yeah, I think that... Well, it really depends on kind of the situation that, that you find your team or your program in. But I, I know that I've seen some really, really powerful examples of even coaches who point out like the way the bench is, is, is acting and especially in a positive manner, like on film, like they make it a part mm. of like the, the, the film itself. And, you know, if the energy was up and the energy was going well and, and I've, I've, I've seen examples and I've done it a few times or even um players have you know positively called out like things that they heard you know for, from the bench or things that they they said or things that they did or noticed that um helped them or, or, or inspired them or kind of kept their energy up and um 
I, I think that just always kind of acknowledging and always kind of, you know, making sure that your bench understands that they have a role role to play, whether it is, you know, being the next person up or whether it is to, you know, be, be that energy person or whether it is to um, call out something or, or do something inspirational. And, and I think the other thing that it's, I think it's important for uh, coaches to emphasize is that any success that your, your players have, you know, whatever your, your starters, the ones who get the most minutes, whatever success they have, also is in part due to the way that the whole team practices and you mm. can't get a really good practice or a do that free on free shell or any of these other types of drills or things you want to work on unless your bench players are willing to push your, your starters and, and push those guys or girls who are getting a lot of minutes to, to being the best that they can. And I think that maybe we sometimes take that for granted, but you know, we can't overstate just how important that is that, you know, even if that, those players may only get, you know, a few minutes here and there, that all the work they're doing to help their teammates is, is what's overall making the team better. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Like, it's everybody has a role. And uh, I know in college, I there's a few games where I started and then a lot of games where I sat way at the end of the bench and either didn't get subbed in um, or got subbed in for the last minute or, or two um, if we were winning or mostly losing by a lot. Um, but uh, me and my, my best friend, uh, DeRay, he and I would try to be the hype guys on the bench and cheer, you know, defense and be the water boys and, and all that stuff. And, and we loved it because we were still, you know, part of the team and trying to help. Um, so, you know, it's, it's and, great that everyone has their role. And I don't think that that can be overstated, especially when you're playing, you know, some of these rivalry games or some of these games on the road where, you know, you might have a packed house for the other team. I mean, it's, it's pretty comforting, I think, to know even when you go on the road for your, for your starters and your players to know that there's, there's people who, are, who got your back and are, and are, you know, cheering or being inspiring or still keeping the energy level up. And just to know that you have that little little section of a few even uh, on your bench that, that got you there, uh, that, that could be more than enough to maybe drown out some of the other things that, you know, uh, might, might cause a lot of pressure for, for those players to feel on like a tough road game. Yeah. Actually, an idea, or not an idea, but a thought popped in my head when you said that. Um, you know, there's a, a, a good friend of mine, uh, his name is Mark. He said that they give a, a juice player uh, of the game that was the best teammates bringing the juice, bringing the energy, the positive vibes, and they'll give that player a Gatorade and they, they watch film <laughs> and they praise him, kind of like what you said. And, uh, and so that's, you know, a great way to incentivize, you know, that behavior as well. You hope they do it, but, um, you know, they, they want that Gatorade or whatever it may be. And I, I told my team, we haven't taken the charge all year. Um, and my assistant coach mentioned, he was like, hey, we should incentivize that. And I was like, you're right. So we didn't say what the prize is yet, um, <laughs> but, but they're all like, oh, I want to do it now. So, um, you know, I'll have to keep you updated if that happens. I like, I like um, that. But, uh, you know, that's, that's, you know, something good. And I will say like for timeouts, um, it was another principle. I think uh, when it's a full timeout, having all of the players that are on the bench uh, link up and put their arms around each other to kind of shield off the coach who, you know, I usually take a knee and then the five players will be on the bench. That's, a, you know, the, a really good way to show how uh, united the team is and, and connected because if you look at the other bench, sometimes they're looking into the crowd or they're not paying attention to the coach. And um, so that's a great way to show unity during timeouts. And then a 30-second timeout, you everybody puts their arms around each other and, um, 
and I usually just kind of let them talk um, and, and share what's going on. And also, you know, that makes sure that all, all the players know exactly what's going on and that when their, their opportunity comes, they, you know, hopefully will be paying attention and know how to execute it. Um, so, you know, those are the two positives from that. And then the last thing um, is the accountability circle that I do at the end. Mm. And that's from um, Coach Mantegna at Blair Academy. And I'm sure there's a lot of different, uh, a lot of different coaches that do their own thing, but I leave at least five minutes for us to meet as a team. We do our team clap. Um, I don't know what it sound like on the mic, but we go. And everybody kind of slowly does it. And again, that's something I'm like, can we do it again as a team? Because even the clap sometimes they're, they're not always <laughs> locked in. So it's just constant culture, culture, culture. But I love it. Um, and it's worth all the, the exhausting words that, that I have to use. And, and my assistant does a great job, like I said, of doing that. And a few of our, our leaders on the team do a good job. Um, but we do a clap. We put our arms around each other. And then um, I'm like, what are a few things we did well today? They'll share. What are a few things we need to do better? And, um, you know, it's, sometimes it's hard to, to have these kids share some of their thoughts, but we do it every day. So they're getting better and better. And then we end with a shout out. So I'll be like, hey, Mike, um, you know, Mike did a really good job running back on defense today, calling out who he was guarding and then finish the play with a box out. And if he does that every time, like I know we'll have a chance to be competitive in every game. Um, if he does that along with everybody else on this team, and then we'd say two claps and and then everybody <laughs> claps. And, um, and today we only had five people, if that, maybe four, share that. And, uh, you know, as a coach, you're like, you want them to look, like we had a 90-minute practice. It was the only time we had the full gym um, in 90 minutes. We usually have half a gym with th uh, three hoops, um, one main hoop in an hour. And today was like our like our Super Bowl. Like it was so awesome. Yeah. Um, and so you'd like to think that, you know, in 90 minutes they picked, you know, they saw their teammate do at least one one thing well. Um, but, you know, you got to meet them where they are and just keep, you know, uh, I guess, emphasizing these things. So um, I'm still learning a lot, but I love that. Like I'm able to really experiment some of these things I've learned from the best coaches. And now I can use a lot of the things I learned from you and uh, and just keep getting better. I, like, I love it. And I think that, as I've said to, you know, a few coaches I've talked to and people even ask me about things in terms of my own coaching practices, I'm just sort of like a, a accumulation of a bunch of things I've learned <laughs> along the way that I think almost everything I've done is just something I've, I've picked up along the way or, or taken from somebody or I, I can attribute to someone. And, you know, that, mm. that's that's part of the, the power of, of the conversations you've had, the conversations I get to have is all, all the things that we get to pick up on along the way and, and you know, steal it uh, in, in the best sense of the word is steal it, but but use it to help the players that that we serve. And and one of the things that um, sometimes can get a little bit of tr uh, tricky, I guess would be the best word for it, is that balance between having the most highly competitive program you can, but also like maintaining that positivity and maintaining that energy. And, and we touched on a couple of things about the huddles and, and the taps and then and rhythmic clapping that you went over, which mm. I think is really cool. Um, is, is there anything else that kind of comes to mind about kind of that balance of maximizing and being as competitive and, and going after it as much as you can, but also uh, reeling it in, in the sense that you're still maintaining that positive energy? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And, you know, probably one that every coach wants to to know the answer to like how can we get the most out of our players be competitive you know and it's not all kumbaya um but also be you know when when the, the whistle stops for for practice or the game like then we're you know we're all all good um and i i think it the players really look 
you know, look at the coach and, and see how they react. Um, mm. So I would say that's, that's the first part of it. Like if a coach is yelling at the ref um, or the players, uh, then they think that's okay. And, uh, and so, you know, I try not to yell at the ref and I try not to yell at my guys. Um, I'll have, you know, a tough conversation one-on-one, like, hey, I need more from you, but I've never been one that I wanted to get yelled at. And uh, I just want to know what I can do better because I'm already so hard on myself. Um, and in the beginning of the year, I, I got a, uh, a piece of paper um, or a document and I, I asked a bunch of questions. I said, what's one thing we need to know as you know about you as a player? And they all filled it out. And one of my players said, I like to be yelled at. Um, and, I, and I've yet to do that to him, but I know that he's aware of how he how he interprets, you know, being communicated to. Um, and so learning your players, I think, is the, the first step of having a really competitive program, because once you know, like, what their why is, like, why they're playing basketball um, and their motivation for being there, um, that's when you can really set them up and, and create a practice plan that really challenges them. Like, hey, I want to be, I want like, I want to win. Well, if you want to win, then we're going to do this, this defensive drill. Um, you know, for 10 minutes, because that's what's going to, I believe as a coach is going to help us win. Um, and, and just watching some of the best programs, like they like, like Swarthmore college, you know, I'm a big division three guy. They're, they're the number one team in the country. I'm um, a few years ago as well. And they have an mm-hmm. unbelievable culture program. And like, they just, you can just tell like when they, when they get a rebound, like they're two and three guard like sprint to the corners and their five man sprints, they rim run, which just means, you know, from one rim to the other. Mm-hmm. And then the four, four man's trailing. Um, so they can go right into, you know, a secondary break. And, um, and, and then the point guards pushing the ball up one of the sidelines and they're just like almost robotic in a sense. Like they sprint, they know their <laughs> spots and then defense, they all sprint back. They all point and they all talk and who they're guarding. Um, and so it's like you said, that like transition time, like when you huddle up and there's a play stop, their transition time from like a live play, the switching possession is like unbelievable. Um, and I'm sure that they practice like that. I've yet to go to a practice like that, but I've watched them a few times in person and like everything they do is just so like amazing. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And the timeout stuff that I said, like being connected, like they, that I learned that from them and they hold each other's shorts, which looks very funny, but their coach said, Hey guys, you got to stay connected. And they chose to just hold it like with their like left and right. They just kind of pinched it on the shorts. Um, and it looked funny, but like that was the number one team in the country. So like, you know, they could do whatever they want. Um, and, uh, and so I just, yeah, I think it's all these culture things that like bond the team together. And then in practice, like there's ways to, to push guys. Like we did a one-on-one, um, closeout drill that I learned in college where Mike if you were you know the coach on the wing I would and I'm the player um, I would be under the hoop chopping my feet and one of my teammates would be on the opposite wing and I and when you take the ball and do a skip pass over your head um, I close out on them and they get three dribbles and if they scored on me they stay but if they stay and then uh, you know if I got scored I have to sprint down and back and then I'd get in line and the other players are on the baseline under the hoop um and then if i got a stop i'd go on offense and the player that okay that got stopped goes under the hoop and that's just like that our guys like competed that we had did on both sides of the court today because we had the whole court and like that was just a great way for them to compete they were laughing but like they were getting getting a lot better at contesting the shot and closing out um and you know so those those are some small things that i've learned um you know in regard to being competitive but also a really connected team it's Really interesting how those things and in, 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 in we just talked about the idea of grabbing, grabbing shorts or giving touches or huddles, like all these things, like 
they they may seem rather like insignificant or like as as us maybe even as coaches we may, we may not like get it or understand it but if your players believe in it and it means something mm. to them and it's something that helps them and brings positive energy I'm I'm of the mindset all right that's what we're going to do and that's what works and that's what they like to do like let's do it and um it, it's really cool just like those little things that you that you might not even think about is like really being that important might be a really really important to to a player and and to your team and might have to think a little bit outside the box to bring them together even if it's <laughs> ideas that you never really considered before so i think that's really interesting that that like all these little things even maybe like on an individual basis may not uh necessarily in isolation seem like much but if you add like a huddle and then like touches and the way that you uh handle timeouts or the way that you pick each other up like all those things i feel like build on itself and all of a sudden hmm. like you you've really built something special just off of all those little pieces yeah i mean, I, I get so excited listening to it and, you know everybody's different in terms of their coaching style um but i, I will say uh my, my twin brother ben when he was a manager at, for the syracuse men's team i worked their camp a lot and uh, i call them checkmark kids so any kid that ran over and helped up a teammate um, I give them a check because this was during like a, a one day tryout period where mm -hmm. the coaches would draft at nighttime. And it's the only camp I ever worked that did that. Um, and a coach like, hey, coach, like, thank you for helping me with that drill. Like they get a check or they talk on defense check or dive on the ground yeah. uh, check. And so, um, you know, and then I got a bunch of, you know, I call them checkmark kids, culture kids. And then on the, the second day, they went from breaking up together to family on three um, because <laughs> they said like, hey, coach, it feels like we've been playing with each other for, for months and it's only been two days. Um, and so those things, I think, matter at that age. And I think like I. Like, yes, I could run some cool, um, you know, like stagger screen or something like that. Uh, but I just feel like these th lessons are a lot more important, um, you know, for them. And, and they might not get it right now, but it seems like if that's what I'm emphasizing all the time and then kind of let them play free on offense, sure. um, I think you know it's it's a good balance. Um, I, by no means have I figured it out. And today we had an hour of great practice and then. Uh, about 10 minutes of the scrimmage and we went to man offense and the varsity team walked in and, you know, I felt like, like I had no control over what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm still learning so much as well. Um, but it's, it's been really cool to learn from some of the best coaches and um, the Yale coach, Yale university. I worked his elite camp, which is, you know, one of the top camps in the country for kids that are trying to play in college. And um, he was, I was very fortunate to have, volunteered for him a lot and he, he read the book and wrote a testimonial for it um, and, and like exactly what you said the small things the little things that really matter to building a championship culture um, and then that means a lot to me that that I'm able to put something together that um, you know with the help of many 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 people yeah. um, to, to make them aware of it nobody has to listen to anything that, <laughs> that I've said but like if there's one thing that you're like hey that like I'm gonna try that um, and, and I will say the, the last thing is a few of the teams I've worked with, one in particular, um, their coach texted me after they had beaten the number one team in their conference. And you, I watched film and he's doing the huddle up sign. You can see him pointing, help them up. And it's like, and then they started winning more games. And, um, and so I just really think it, it comes from the head coach. And I don't think you'll regret, you know, trying to do the, these culture things. Um, and then, like you said, showing them on film, that's the best way to really emphasize it and praise it. Um, and yeah, and I'm happy to like, you know, I, I share some drills in the in the book um, 
and there's like a section for players to write in. So if anybody, you know, I'm sure at the end or whenever that is, um, I'm happy to get on the phone and, and share any ideas or, or talk anything out with anybody just because I'm so fortunate to have learned from so many people. Yeah, no, that's that that's awesome. And 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 all of these little it's like funny, it's like all like the little things that you do can really build up a team in a positive way. And it's almost the same way of coaches, like all the little things that you pick up from all other coaches and incorporate in your program kind of make you that much better of a coach as well. Like both of them kind of lend hand in hand, which I think is awesome. Um, yeah. Are there any, and this isn't to put anybody on blast or anything like that, but in terms of like non-examples, are there any things that like maybe you think are like prevalent or like common in the coaching world out there that you just personally haven't really seen great teams do i don't know if the best way to even phrase this is like any myths or anything out there but are there mm. any things that you've seen from some of these coaches and teams that maybe go against like uh, whatever you would consider to be like conventional or the or the way that maybe um is is popular or commonplace in the coaching world like kind of like basically what negative teams do like, for, uh, for a lack of a, a more graceful <laughs> term, perhaps, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I do have a few thoughts that come to mind, but I'd love to hear, you know, what your thoughts are first. And you said the word conventional. I automatically thought unconventional. Uh, but I would love to kind of hear, you know, if, if you have a thought. If not, I could share a few of mine. But uh, just, yeah, to hear where you're coming from. Uh, there's a... a, a a couple things that that kind of come to mind and i i think that and we've touched on this before i think the idea of 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 running i i, I don't know mm -hmm. it's it's one of those things where i i see both sides of it and i and i get it my my try and again i've, I've used it before I've, I've done it done it this year so i i know how this goes but i think one of the one of the things that is almost tricky for me in a sense is like making running something that's like a bad thing or making running yeah. seem punitive mm -hmm. um, kind of goes against what I believe in almost as coaching, which is like we hustle, we run, we move from one spot to the other, like yeah. uh, as quickly as we can and don't waste time. And and I, I don't know, like it's, it's one of those where I'm not saying it can't be done well, but it's, it's something that I'm if I could get away from it completely, I definitely would. And I know that that's something that you, that you've mentioned before. And, um, I, I, I think that I'm not saying anything in particular or anything like that, but I, I think that any drill that is only maybe working on like one thing, um, I, I think is kind of commonplace and, and, and there's definitely a time and a place for that. But I think that one of the best things at least I've personally seen or noticed is like drills or, or things that just work on multiple things uh, as game-like as possible and, and, and trying to make practices simulate game conditions as possible and, and not be afraid if like your practice gets messy um, because like you have a few different things going on at once and it's kind of chaotic and it's kind of like all over the place, kind of like a game would be. I think that that's okay. I know I've fallen into a trap before of wanting to have like these really neat, really like pristine practices um, <laughs> where it may have looked really nice, but I don't know if we accomplished anything or really got anything done because we just sort of went through the motions. So those are a couple of things that came to mind uh, when you asked me that, but love to hear yours. Yeah, no, those are, those are great. Um, 
and the running one. Yeah, if you if you figure it out, um, <laughs> you know, you let me know it all. And if you need yeah. help writing, writing your book about it, um, <laughs> because that would be awesome. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that, I definitely would have mentioned the, the running one. Um, the two that come to mind, one is only prioritizing your best players and just like investing your time into them. I've seen that a lot. And, you know, injuries happen or, you know, life happens. Like you just never know um, when you need your full team. And, and even beyond that, like as you have human beings that you're so, um, that, you, that you should just be grateful for that you're able to coach and, and potentially have a positive impact. And I think there's a quote that says like a coach will have, you know, impact more lives than one person does in a year or something like that or, or whatever it may be. But you, you really have this privilege of being able to, to guide and lead and uh, these, you know, whatever the, the youth or high school or, you know, college, but it's like, it really, it should be taken seriously and, you know, looking somebody in the eye and giving them a fist bump and saying, Hey, you know, their name, you know, cause a name to everybody is the, the best sound in the world is a, say, a saying I've heard and, um, and just asking how they're doing or just acknowledging them. Um, I think that's really important. And then the other thing is just, uh, you know, negative teams or coaches, they just don't treat others with respect. Um, and, you know, I love observing and watching and I've seen like, uh, you know, a coach of an opposing team not treat a, a ref correctly, which is not demonstrating the behavior that, you know, they, they should be displaying for their team because then that, those same kids are probably going to be yelling at the refs. Um, I've seen coaches yell at the scorekeeper um or or you know something like that mm. and um or they're a manager or a trainer um and i i'm it's something i learned from swarthmore college when i was sitting behind their bench in an ncaa tournament game like their coach goes around and gives the trainer uh, a knuckle touch um, or a fist bump whatever you call it and all the way down the line um to the managers to everybody on the team um you know and that's a, that's a positive thing so yeah. um yeah so those are a few that come to mind uh, you know, for, for the, the negative negatives. And, and the great thing, like I said, yeah, just look over across from you or in a game. If one team's huddling, like watch what the other team's doing. If one team's warming up before the game, watch what the other team's doing um, and just see if they're doing something you like. I think uh, it's okay to, you know, to, it's okay to copy somebody if you're, you're impressed or even asking a coach, I'm like, Hey, I really like what you guys are doing. Like, like how can you tell me more about that? Sure. Um, I think that that humility, um, you know, is a great example for your kids. And I'm a big uh, proponent of uh, of saying, you know, if we win, it's you guys. If we lose, it's my fault. Um, <laughs> you know, and that's you know a good example for them. And um, yeah, so that's a, a really good question. Thank you for adding your insight. I will throw a bonus one that came to mind, uh, okay. and I know I've done it before. Not saying I'm like a. a, a great coach or anything but i'm something I've, I've i've done before and i've regretted and i've i've seen other coaches do it and and uh, i don't know i wince a little bit when i hear it is um and and, and this, this doesn't mean that coaches mean bad when they say this but i think it's really important to be very careful using the terms always and never when describing a player's habits and what mm. they do you say a player always you know does this poorly or they never do this thing mm. successfully I, I i doubt that's true and i i just think i think statements of any extreme like that i think are are problematic and then the other one that uh i i think is just one that again it just makes me sort of wince is coaches who say things 
behind a player's back that I know they wouldn't say to them in, in person or things, yeah. you know, just venting about, you know, certain things or certain behaviors or certain actions, but yet not actually having like a respectful adult-like conversation with that player about those things, but rather just venting to somebody else about them. Like yeah. I, things like that are, I, I know they happen and definitely, you know, heat of the moment stuff. Like I, I, I get that, like you might just want to vent about a player or, or whatever, but I, I, I don't know that 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 can that could venture into some pretty toxic uh, mentality or toxic mm. behavior pretty quick. And um, again, I, I know I've been there before and it's 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 not something I'm, I'm proud of. But those those are a couple of things, too, that I think are, are somewhat commonplace that I think if we uh, do our best to, to, to move away from them, I think I think we'd be the better for it. Yeah. And uh, that's that's really good advice. And. Um, you know, I think we've all probably been there where we're venting about a player and maybe use those phrases. So uh, that's a, a good tip that I will try to do better as well. Uh, and lastly, Coach, before we hit our concluding segment, I, I, I know that you've, you've, you've sprinkled this answer throughout a lot of your, your, your answers here, but I, I, did want, I, I did want you to talk about your, your personal transformation as, as a coach or even beyond just being a coach by your experience, by, by being able to have, have talked to so many coaches and seeing so many programs um, what, what sort of uh, personal and, and professional transformation has that allowed you to, to have? That's a really good question. Um, I think it boils down to just trying to positively impact as many people as I pos pos possibly can. Um, <laughs> and I was, I was raised by two very loving parents and, um, and, and great siblings and friends and, um, I just feel very uh, grateful for that. And so if I'm, um, you know, if I have information that I've learned because somebody shared it with me, um, you know, it was a coaching drill or a, a coach, you know, a drill or a, like a tip or something like that. Um, I love to incorporate that into one-on-one -on -one training. I, I do a lot of training um, here in Connecticut with kids. And, um, and I think I'm just very fortunate to be able to try to be the coach that I, you know, that I did have as a kid. I don't have to say I, that I wish I had. A, I did have really good coaches and um, and not every kid I'm going to coach is I'm going to have that same impact that I feel, um, you know, that the coaches had for me. But um, I will do everything in my power to make that kid feel, you know, valued, mm -hmm. um, make sure they feel like they have a voice and, um, and and have some fun. You know, I like to play music and, and dance mm -hmm. and laugh. And, you know, I think you'll work. And basketball is fun. And sometimes these kids, you know, put too much pressure on themselves and, um, you know, just, just building up their confidence with, you know, some easier drills and then doing some hard stuff. Um, and then also just being like a positive person. Like, you know, sometimes you'll say, Hey, how's it going to somebody? And they're, you know, they're not, they should be honest, but I think you have the choice to be like, Oh, I'm doing well. How are you? They just kind of be, you know, have the energy and, uh, the world needs more smiles, more people holding up, holding the door open and saying, thank you. And, complimenting a stranger for maybe something they're wearing and that's a, a th something I learned in a book um, you know it says if somebody walks out of their house and wearing something they chose to you know put that on so like if they have a Yankees or a Red Sox or I don't want to you know get in that, that baseball <laughs> territory but like hey oh like you're a Yankees fan like people usually have you know something they want to share about it um, and that's a great way to engage in a conversation with you know somebody you know or somebody you've never met and uh, you never know where that conversation can go so um, kind of a like a, a roundabout answer, um, like but just, yeah, just just trying to just trying to be nice and put positive vibes into the world is is what I've you know been around and, and try to do. Awesome, I think that's great, Coach. To wrap up, I give um, 
a couple questions to every guest. I'm going to go ahead and get started with this first one. And I know you've shared a lot of moments, so let's see if you got if you got another one stored away there. But thinking back on your coaching career, um, or even your just career, I suppose, for lack of a better term, mm -hmm. talking to, to all the coaches and seeing the teams that you've had. Uh, what is a, a moment in particular that, that that stood out to you that you think others listening would be able to learn from? Hmm. Um, I went to a, a Division I uh, practice, and I was watching on the sideline and had my notebook, and I think they gave me a practice plan, which I thought was really nice. Um, and I've been to a few practices where they give you the practice plan. So for any That's coaches nice. that have a visit, a visiting coach, um, I think it's great to, to do that if you print it out. And um, at the end of it, they did their their little accountability circle. And uh, the head coach like called me over. He's like, hey, come on, man. Like, like you just watched the whole practice. Like, you can be in too. Um, and like, <laughs> you know, for me to be like at a, you know, on the Division One floor, you know, and, and just listening to them talk, um, it was only probably like a, like a minute and a half, two minutes. But for him to include me, um made me feel really spe uh, special i guess um and and, and I, I i love to try to be an includer and I, I always try to say the circle can always get bigger if everybody just takes a big step back um so i just don't I like want that. you know I, I think that that's something that that's uh, i've taken from just these these people that make people feel seen and heard and valued which i you know i've said a lot but that stuff really does matter and what whether it's just a quick acknowledgement um that's something that I think all coaches can do is, you know, just just uh, being inclusive to everybody they meet um, and and going in with the mindset that you can there's something that that person knows that you don't. And, you know, so, you know, something I don't know what it is, but you guys both know something that can mutu mutually benefit each other. Um, so, you know, try to engage and, and see what you can learn. Yeah, there's always something, even if it's uh, something relatively small, there's always something there that you have. <laughs> and I think that that's just a good tip for even coaches who maybe like somewhat inexperienced or somewhat new who might not think that they have a lot to offer, but they actually have a lot of really interesting insights, you know, by being relatively new or having, you know, that, that different sort of perspective about the game, maybe even being a newer inexperienced coach that even somebody who's been doing it for a while can learn from. So I like that. Always believe in that, you know, that you have something to share and something to learn. That's really cool. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. To wrap up coach, I give every guest what I call 60 second soapbox. Uh, to their platform to get out, you know, a final idea, a final message, and a, and a closing thought. And um, I'm just going to give you the platform and go from there. And then when you're done with that, I am going to plug your book after. But <laughs> so, okay. so I got you on that. But uh, yeah, so uh, 60 seconds soapbox, but there is no timer. So don't worry if you go over. Go ahead, coach. Go ahead and take it away from here. Yeah. So I've listened to, you know, a good amount of your episodes and, um, and I've heard some really good responses. Um, I think, the, and honestly, I didn't think of one um, beforehand, but I, I would just say the balance um, is something I've not always been great at. Like, I always wanted to be a college head coach and because I, I had a good experience playing Division Three, and um, but family is really important to me. I just think being a coach at, a, at the college level is a huge time commitment. Um, and even at the high school, like, it is a big commitment. And um, I love my family. I love my friends. And I think just you know, put investing time to your team is, is, you know, important and you give them everything you have when you're with them and in your preparation, but also be present with the people that are around you and, uh, you know, send that text or that quick phone call. Um, you know, somebody 
told me a few years ago that it's really nice to call people on their birthday um, opposed to just sending a text or a message on social media. Um, so I've tried to do that you know, with the people I'm closest with and they seem to always appreciate it. So um, I think, yeah, just really you know, investing in your people and your circle. Um, and that could be one person, could be two people, but just making sure that uh, you know, you're checking in on those people you care about because every day is precious. Um, and, you know, you just want to know that you, you tell the people that you, that you love, that you love them and, um, that you're there for them through ups and downs. And, um, that's probably the main lesson that I've learned and, and try to approach every day with. Excellent. And as I mentioned, uh, I was going to make sure that you give a quick, quick plug to your book. And I, I know you say you don't like talking a lot about yourself or it, but it's a real <laughs> cool accomplishment. Help them up is not only a really cool saying and a, and a good thing to have in sports, but also um, title of your book. So is, is there a, is there a plug you want to you want to give to it or, or, or something that, that you think uh, somebody would get out of it if they were to read your book or even just a little general synopsis of it? I'll, I'll leave it open to your interpretation. <laughs> Uh, how, how you want to answer that question, but I did want you to get out uh, the information about your book that you wanted to. So I, I'm going to give you the floor for that as well. Cool. Good coaching uh, phrase, uh, the floor. And uh, thank you, Mike, for, for that. Um, yeah, the, the, the title helped them up and it's uh, the subtitle 14 principles to educate, energize and empower your team to build a championship culture. And uh, pretty much, yeah, just the 14 principles that I've taken from some of the best teams in the country and, and learned from them and so grateful for that and, uh, and and put it into a book. And there's a section for coaches with a drill that they can do to um, incorporate it. Um, and then there's a section for players to write in their responses. Um, you know, like, do you help your teammate up? And how does it feel to be helped up by a teammate? And things like that, just to get them thinking about these little things that, that really do add up and make a difference. Um, and they're all things that everybody can control. You know, they're just mm -hmm. behaviors. And, um, you know, it's not telling you to, to you know, make a Steph Curry three pointer or dunk <laughs> like Giannis. They're just you know things that are that are helpful in life and just to be a good person and good teammate. Um, and uh, you know you can buy it on Amazon and um, and they, it was written with the intention to positively impact one person. And um, you know it, it circulated around a little bit and uh, I've gotten a few people reaching out and it's just really fun to connect with anybody that that loves culture and and to bounce ideas off of each other. And uh, yeah, thank you again for, for your time, Mike. I've learned a lot from you. I took my notes and I'll re-listen to this and, uh, and look forward to staying in touch. Awesome. Uh, thank, thanks again, Coach, Coach Horwitz. This is a lot of fun and just a lot of things that, and you mentioned it in the outset, you know, getting coaches who listen to it just 1% better. And I, I think this conversation can, can help any coach just get a little bit better or at least the very least think about and reflect on, on their practices and, and, and just be that much better for the players that we serve. So thank you. Uh, best of luck going forward, not just with coaching, but with all the other engagements that, uh, that I'm sure you're involved in. Hopefully uh, any travel or anything like that is safe and uh, those conversations just keep on coming and positive things keep coming from them. So thank you so much, coach. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Mike, and good luck the rest of the way to you and your team. Thank you, thank you, and thank you all for listening. This was another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast, and we will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Make sure to connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, or reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Take care, be safe, and we'll see you next time.